0: And Lord, meet us now as we open up your word. Oh, Lord, work the call to intercession into our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this is the sixth week in this series, uh, which we've called Authentic Prayer, Insights from the Psalms. So we've covered so far uh, seeking God from Psalm 63, and we've covered waiting on God from Psalm 25. We covered confessing our sin uh, before God from Psalm 51 and asking for our own individual needs from Psalm 86. And then last week we covered lamenting before God from Psalm 22. And this morning we're going to talk about intercession. Uh, And I'm really encouraged. Let me just speak personally. I've seen the Lord use this series in my heart in in some ways that I'm, I'm really grateful for. There's been... Uh, a number of times, whereas I'm just like working through my my list of things to do. That when I get one done, and it's like before I go to the second one, I feel like ah, I'm going to close that screen down and just take some time, just some additional time here and pray. And I have found that my prayer has been more um, earnest, and it's been more expectant, and it's been more meaningful too. There's just been a greater sense of faith as I've been praying. So I, I'm encouraged. And I've been hearing about that happening. Um, amongst you too. I've been hearing about husbands who much more quickly when a a need comes up in the family, let's pray about it. I've been hearing about many of you having meaningful, more meaningful and more uh, lengthy and frequent times of prayer. So I think God's being very kind to us as a a body here in, in teaching us to pray and taking us deeper in prayer. So I'm encouraged about that. And what I want to talk about this morning is intercession, which is prayer for others. Okay, we spend a week talking about praying for our own needs. That's crucial to do. I hope every need you have, one of the first things you do about that need is to ask the Lord about it, to bring it before Him. So we talked about asking from uh, Psalm 86. But this week we want to talk about prayer for other people, their needs. And we're calling that interceding, intercession And a powerful psalm of intercession is in Psalm 67. So I'd like you to turn there so we can study this together and learn about intercession. Now, if you need a Bible, as I say every week, we'd like you to have a Bible in front of you so you can be studying along, looking along with us. The the words in the Bible are the most important words you're going to hear this morning. So I want you to have one. So don't be hesitant. Raise your hand. We'll bring one to you that you can use. And... Psalm 67 in the Bibles we just are passing out on page 481. 481 in the Bibles we just passed out now, so go ahead and turn there. Okay, now we don't know a lot about this psalm. Some psalms we know who the author is, we know the setting in which it was uh, written. We do not know that for this psalm. Don't know who wrote it, don't know the setting in which it was written. But we do know that it was in the book of Psalms, which means that God intends God's people to to pray this psalm on a regular basis. He expects us to be praying this psalm. And when we pray it, from the very first verse, the psalm has us asking God to work in us. Not just me, but but us. God's people as a whole, for God to work in us. That's intercession. So look at how that is called forth in verse 1. Actually, before I read verse 1, though, let me just make one more comment. There's a word that occurs a couple times in this psalm, and it's the word selah, S-E-L-A-H, right? Yeah, we're not sure what that word means in Hebrew, scholars have lots of different theories, it occurs in a number of different psalms, and so it's probably something like, maybe a note for the musicians, this is where there's going to be a pause of silence for a reflection, or maybe like this is where Jim's going to play a nice little guitar lick or something, right? Okay, who knows what it might be, right? But it's some kind of, we aren't sure what it is, so... Don't let it distract you, okay? It's not that important for us as we're praying through it. So look at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. So right there, very first verse, We're asking God not just to do something for me as an individual, but I'm asking God to work in us. I'm asking God for God's people. There's intercession. I'm praying for others. Now, let's look more deeply in that verse. What exactly are we asking God to do? And you'll notice there's three requests. First, God be gracious to us. So this psalm, I love how this psalm does this. Right from the get-go... This psalm has us starting off asking for grace from God, which means we're asking God, give me or give us, give your people a good, a great good that's not deserved by us. Grace is a wonderful good that's not deserved. Deserved. From the very beginning of this psalm, we're acknowledging, I need undeserved good. We, your people, we need undeserved good. Now, that's crucial to start with because, or one reason it's crucial, is that every other religion essentially encourages us to do various things so that we will be more deserving of good from God. Every other religion encourages us in that direction. But see, that's not reality, Here's why. There is a God who is loving and good and creator and wise and all powerful and and he's created everything, he's created you, but every single one of us, every human being, we've all turned our backs on God. And because we've rebelled against him and turned our backs against him, we all deserve punishment from him. We've got to get this right or we're going to miss everything in terms of how to relate to God. God. What I deserve from God is punishment, period. What you deserve from God is punishment, period. But God didn't stop there. He sent Jesus. This is the gospel. This is what we live on. This is what we eat and breathe and love. God sent Jesus who was punished in our place so that when we trust Jesus, at that moment, all our sins are forgiven. And from that moment, all-powerful, infinitely wise God starts to devote all of his power to bringing you grace, undeserved good, morning, noon, and night, this afternoon, tomorrow, this all next week, next month, years, decades, forever. If you're trusting Jesus, forever, God is devoted to bringing you grace, lavish good that's completely undeserved. Now, this is crucial to get for prayer. If you don't understand that what we ask God for is undeserved good, it's going to destroy your prayer life in one of two ways. If you don't understand that when we pray, we're asking God for undeserved good because of Jesus, his death on the cross, we're asking for undeserved good. If you don't understand that, you'll do one of two things. You'll either pray asking God for things because you think you now deserve some right? Well, I went to church today, so I should be able to pray because now I deserve something good from God, right? You'll think you can ask God because you now deserve something good. but, But listen, God does not hear that kind of prayer because you don't deserve. You need mercy. So you'll either try to ask God for good because you think you deserve them, which God doesn't hear, or you'll think, I don't deserve good from God. I can't pray until I do something to deserve it. And then you won't pray. And God won't hear that prayer either because it wasn't prayed. So, see, either you'll pray in a way that God doesn't hear or you won't pray at all if you don't understand. Whenever we pray for ourselves or for intercession for other people, we're asking God for grace. Be gracious to us. We're asking for undeserved good, lavish good that's undeserved. That's where it starts. Verse 1, God be gracious to us. And then, second, we ask God to bless us. Okay, here's where we ask then for specific uh, good things, specific blessings that... That God's people need, like we're praying for a safe delivery and healthy baby for Jen Whistling, that would be a a blessing that we would ask God for. We're we're praying for more business for Strauss Brothers for Halstead Drywall. That's the kind of blessing that we're asking God for. This could include housing if you're looking for housing. This could include a new job if you need a new job or a job. This could include wisdom in parenting. This could include strength for a trial. This could include a new heart towards someone who's hurt you. This could include uh, hope in a hopeless situation. The, The list just goes on and on. When we ask God, God be gracious to us and bless us, we're asking God for the specific needs, the specific longings, the specific blessings that we long that he would give to his people. So first, God be gracious to us, and then bless us, and then third, we're asking God to make his face shine upon us. I try to think of a way to illustrate that. Um, Friday night, I was uh, doing a wedding up in, uh, up at Nestledown. Anybody remember to Nestledown up in the Los Gatos Mountains? Amazing place for a wedding. Okay? And... Uh, before anybody else got there, just Jan and I and a couple people in the wedding party, I was standing in front, and this is outside, there's this lake behind you and redwood trees, it's astonishing, and then all these chairs are in front of me, and I was standing there just kind of going over my notes and praying for the time, and if you would have asked me at that time, does your wife Jan love you, I would have said, absolutely, I mean, because I know she loves me, there's no question about it, okay? But then as I was standing there, uh, looking at my notes, I looked up, and, and, and she was one of the only people sitting, just sitting there, uh, off to the side, and she looked up at me, and we made eye contact, and she made her face shine upon me. You know how that is? She made her, she smiled at me. And at that moment, I didn't just know that my wife loved me, I had a conscious experience of her love for me, right? Man, you know about that? Okay, we you know about that? All right. Now see, that's what we're praying in this psalm and asking God to do for his people. God, make your face shine upon your people. Here's how that works for us as his people. As a follower of Jesus, because you're trusting Christ, you know there's a God and you know that God loves you. Because of the truth of his word and because he's demonstrated that on the cross in history. So no matter how you're feeling, no matter your circumstances, you know there's a God and you know he loves you. But in addition to that, there will be times when God makes his face shine upon you. Where you're in prayer, you're coming to him in Christ, in Jesus, seeking him in the word and in prayer, and he will... Make he'll, he'll bring a conscious connection between you and him so that you don't at that point just know that he loves you. You don't just know that he's there, but you experience him. You feel his love for you. He's making his face shine upon you so that you know in a feeling experiential, consciously connected way. That's what the psalmist has us asking God for here. Lord, make your face Shine upon your people. As they seek you, pour your love into their heart. Shine your face upon them, we pray. Okay, so those are three requests. Verse one, that the psalmist has us asking God for his people. Now, Now, don't miss the wonder of this. God, through this psalm, is calling you to ask him for his grace upon his people, for his blessings upon his people, and to make his face shine upon his people. So since God is asking you to ask him to do that for his people, that means that God wants to do that for his people. What's your picture of God right now? Do you understand that God's heart is bursting with longing to do grace and to bless and to make his face shine upon us? He's not hard to get, he's not distant, he's not aloof. He loves to do good for people. That's what he longs to do. So don't miss that in this first verse. This is what God wants us to ask him to do. But now, if he wants to do those things, why do we need to ask him to do those things? Anybody ever raise that question? Right? Why do we need to ask God to give his grace, his blessings, and his presence to his people. Why? Now, I couldn't find that question answered, but I feel like we needed to deal with it so that we're motivated to pray this for each other. Didn't find the answer here in this passage. Let me give you two scriptures that do answer. James chapter 4, verse 2 says simply, we have not because we ask not. There's things that we don't have because we haven't asked. That's sobering. And then Matthew chapter 7, verse 8 says, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door shall be opened. So the reason that we need to ask God to do these things for our brothers and sisters is because God has chosen to do these things through prayer. It's through prayer that God brings his grace upon his people. It's through your prayer that God brings blessings to his people. It's through your prayer for God's people that God makes his face to shine upon his people. So so get the picture. When you pray, when you intercede for your husband, your wife, your kids, believers, your your home group, brothers and sisters, the church at large, for the elders, for, for the church in this country... When you pray these things for God's people, they will receive more of his grace and his blessings and his presence, his face shining upon them, his presence, than if you had not prayed. Now, let's try to get specific so you can maybe feel this a little bit more deeply. We, we cannot predict exactly what God will do. Okay? There's mystery here. But generally speaking, If you were to take time this week and pray for God to pour out His Spirit upon your children, God would pour more of His Spirit out upon your children than if you had not prayed. That's what we're saying here. So feel that, okay? Or, wife, if you're praying for your husband... Uh, For wisdom at work, the, the gracious, undeserved favor, the blessing of wisdom in the workplace. If you take time and pray for your husband to have wisdom at work, your husband will receive more of that gracious blessing of wisdom from God for work than had you not prayed. Let's say, husband, you're praying for your wife to to have God's face shine upon her as she's in the Word, if she's in prayer. She will experience more of God's making his face to shine upon her than had you not prayed. God brings these things through prayer. That's how it works. So do you see how crucial it is that we pray for each other? Your family, your brothers and sisters in your home group, the elders, the church here, We need your prayer. Your prayer. Your prayer can change what we experience. Think about it this way. James 4.2, You have not because you ask not. It's also true then that they may have not because you ask not. Prayer is vital. That's how crucial it is that we pray for each other. So, Take this really seriously. Five minutes of intercession, even just like five minutes of intercession for your brothers and sisters in your home group will will bring change. Things will be different because of that. So pray for your family, husbands, wives, kids, parents, parents, kids. Think through what are the needs of my kids? What is the need of my wife? What are the needs of my husband? Think about that and take time to pray for your family. When you go to home group, take a little notebook so you can jot down prayer requests as they're shared. You will not remember them, okay? And then think about when are you going to pray for the people in your home group? I've encouraged every home group leader, husband-wife team, to take time every week to pray, the two of them together, for their home group. And I tell you, that's the most important thing that a home group leading couple can do for their home group, is to pray for them together, and pray for, for our church, pray for mercy healed, pray that we can multiply home groups throughout the city. So that's why we ask God to be gracious to us and to bless us and to cause his face to shine upon us because as we pray that in Jesus' name, more grace and more blessing and more of God's presence will be given to us. That's the point of verse one. God wants us to intercede for his people, for each other. And after verse 1, right after verse 1, this psalm takes a really unusual turn. We can see the turn by asking this question. Why does God give us His grace and blessings and presence? We're praying that for God's people, family, home group, church, elders, broader body of Christ. Why does God give us His grace, blessings and presence? Now, If you've read your Bible much, you can probably think of two reasons, uh, at least. One is because he loves us. That's totally true. He loves us. Uh, A second reason, really another way of saying the same thing, is he wants to display his glory. Because there's nothing more loving he can do for us than giving us a greater display of his glory, because that's our joy. So, because he loves us, or because he wants to display his glory, those are two good reasons, but those aren't the reasons that are given here, okay? Okay. To see the reason given here, read verses one and two together. Verse one, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Okay, now what's going on in verse two? Verse two is pointing to a big problem. The problem is that God's presence, existence, saving power is not known in huge portions of the earth. Places in your neighborhood, it's not known. Places in San Jose, it's not known. It's not known amongst most of the, most of the reef Berbers in North Africa or the, the U people, which we have some people working with them in Central Asia, a Muslim group, okay? Huge problem. God and his saving power are not known on the earth. Now, don't misunderstand why. It's not that God has remained incognito. Romans 1 says that God has displayed himself clearly through creation. Clear display of who God is through creation. And every human being who's ever lived has known enough to turn to God, trust him, and receive all of God's goodness. But none of us have done that. Romans 1 says, every one of us has done what you've done and what I've done. We've all turned our backs on God and rebelled against him. Okay? But, God doesn't stop there. But I want you to understand, the reason that there's ignorance of God isn't because God's been hard to to get or because God's been aloof or incognito. It's because we have willfully blinded ourselves to who God is. So what does God do? He gives a psalm like this, Psalm 67. He calls his people to pray, God, be gracious to us, bless us, cause your face to shine upon us, so that... Your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all the nations. Okay, now think about that. I want to give you a picture to illustrate that a little bit. And I'm going to need five people, like really quick, don't hesitate. I need five people standing in a group right over here and another five people in the standing group right over here, okay? Five over here and five over here. Quickly, quickly, okay? We could have young, you know, junior hires, high schoolers too. Uh, a little over, a little farther. Over over here. Okay. Okay, five or six. Get in a group. Get in a group. All right. It's, it's a group. It's, you're not lined up. Okay, you're in a group. Okay, now, here's, here's what I want you to see. These people over here, these are God's people. Okay? We know you are too. Okay? We didn't know who was coming up ahead of time. Okay? These people are God's people. God's worked in their hearts. They're trusting Jesus. They're God's people. These people over here don't know the Lord yet, okay, all right? Um, people in your neighborhood who don't know Christ, people at your workplace who don't know Christ, uh, unreached people groups like the Reef Berber, the You People, many others that we know of, okay? So these are God's people, people who know and trust Jesus. These are people over here who, who don't yet know Christ, okay? Now, here's what happens. These people over here are praying Psalm 67, for each other god be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us cuz you're you're praying that okay so you're you're praying that you're asking god be gracious to us and god does that okay he pours out his undeserved goodness upon these people. He brings work to Strauss brothers, okay? Alright, he's, he encourages Jan in a trial she's going through. He's giving Ryan wisdom for some issue he's facing at work, okay? He's, he's blessing Jerry's work from David Strauss brothers, okay? providing Rick with work and money, alright? So, so he's, he's bringing, he's shining his face as they seek the Lord in the Word. He's, he's bringing his presence upon them. He's touching them. He's doing wonderful things for them. So, they're praying God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, and God's doing it here, okay? Okay, but now God does that, verse 2 says, so that these people over here would know God's saving power. Okay, now, but how does what God's doing for these people over here, pouring out His grace, pouring out His blessing, pouring out his, having His face shone upon them, how does that affect these people over here? There's only one way, okay? It's when these people go... Don't go yet, we'll do it in a second. It's when they go, okay, so they walk over here, and when they share the ways God's being gracious to them, the ways God's blessing them, he's encouraging me in this trial, I'm just totally forgiven by trusting Jesus, I know the living God, he's providing for me, he's guiding me. So they they go, and they share, and then they tell about Jesus Christ. That's the link between verses one and verse two. Do you feel that? Now, what happens if God's pouring out his grace, his blessing, making his face shine upon these people, but they just stay over here? Or what doesn't happen? Verse two doesn't happen. Do you feel that? That's why, in this verse, one of the reasons why God pours out his grace and his blessing. Think about a reservoir. If a reservoir has a stream coming in, but there's no outlet, it's going to get stagnant, brackish, green, slimy after a while, right? But when there's an outlet, then it's clear and it's clean and it's fresh. God wants to pour his grace and his blessings and his favor out upon these people and have it flow out of them to these people over here. Okay? So can you folks go on over, go and show and tell. Okay? So it's God be gracious to us, bless us, cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the peoples. Okay, okay let's thank our actors, actresses this morning. Good job, everybody. Now, I just wanted to illustrate that because I know we're, we're seeking to grow in going and in sharing and in telling. But listen, there's people in your neighborhood that you need to go to. There's people in your neighborhood who do not know the gospel, who've never had an a, a, a authentic Christian sit down in love and humility and share the gospel with them. And, you know, there's people at your workplace who've never heard the gospel. There's people in Central Asia, unreached people groups, the U people, 10 million of them, Muslim group. The Reef Berbers in North Africa, we've been involved with both those groups. There's a lot, there's 12 Hundred other unreached people groups. So this is why God gives his grace, blessings, and presence to us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Okay, so we've looked at verses 1 and 2. God wants us to pray for his people, his grace, his blessings, making his face shine upon us. That's what he wants us to pray in verses 1 and 2. But then look at what he's wanting us to pray in verses 3 through 7. What are we asking God to do in verses 3 through 7? Read them and see. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us, verse 1. God shall bless us, there's verse 1 again. Let all the ends of the earth fear him, there's verse 2 again. Okay, so what are we asking God to do? I mean, concretely, tangibly, what are we asking him to do here? Verses three and five are the same request. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. What are we asking God to do? Well, the only people who praise God are people who have been saved by God. That's who praises God. And so what we're asking God to do in every one of these lines is, save people. Save people. Let your saving knowledge, your saving power be spread to every nation, tongue, and tribe, which we know is what God's purpose is. So what we're asking God to do is, use our going, and our showing, and our Sharing, telling, use our missional work, our evangelism, to save lost people. That's what we're praying for in verses 3 through 7. So, verses 1 and 2, we're praying for God's people to be graciously blessed and touched by God's presence. Verses 3 through 7, we're praying for lost people here at home and to the unreached peoples of the world. So, that's what we're asking for in verses 3 through 7. Now, why should we ask God to save lost people? Why? Why, why do we pray God save people? Why in Romans 10.1 does Paul say, my prayer and my heart's desire for the Jewish nation is that they would be saved? Why does he pray for God to save people? And the answer is, is this. It's because, first of all, it's kind of two steps in the, in the answer. Salvation only happens as a result of God's power. God's power. If, if I go into my neighborhood... And, and show God's blessings in my life and, and share about who Jesus Christ is, but God's saving power is not present, nothing will happen. But if I go into my neighborhood and God's saving power is present, okay, as I show God's favor and as I share about Jesus Christ and who he is, and God's saving power is present, what will happen? God will bring his power upon our next door neighbor and, and take out his, her heart of stone Give him a heart of flesh. God will will give that neighbor faith and repentance. And that neighbor will repent of sin and put trust in Jesus. And God will pour out the spirit upon that neighbor and forgiveness will be imparted. Justification will take place. A new creation will happen before my eyes because God's power was present. Just like we sang this morning, God is mighty to save. God loves to save people. That's his whole purpose is to display his glory by saving undeserving people. So it's God's power which saves people. That's the first step in the argument. Second step, God's power flows through our prayers. In the mystery of his will, he has chosen to work through to answer our prayers as we pray for his saving power to be brought upon people. He brings his saving power upon people. That's why we We pray. Now just let this sink in. This is huge. If you can feel this, it will profoundly impact the way you view your priorities and your schedule and your time. When you pray for God's saving power to be poured out upon your neighborhood, let me take five, ten minutes tonight and pray, God, bring your saving power upon these folks and these folks and these folks and these folks. When you do that, more of God's saving power will be upon your neighborhood than had you not prayed. Just let that Hit you. When you take time to pray for your workplace, okay, maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes, God, bring your saving power upon this person and, and save this person and open up this person's heart. As you labor in prayer and intercede for people at your workplace, more of God's saving power will be brought upon your workplace than had you not prayed. I sometimes like to pray for areas in San Jose. So, like if you were to pray for Blossom Valley or, or for Campbell, maybe, more of God's saving power will be brought upon Blossom Valley and Campbell than had you not prayed. This is huge. Do you, do you feel this? when you pray for the you people in Central Asia with our friends, I won't mention their name just for security reasons, but when you take some time at missions prayer or just on your own or you and your wife and to pray for the you people in Central Asia, more of God's saving power is brought upon the you people because of you praying. Little you. Because you've got a gracious, big God. That's how it works. Now see, that's why we should ask God to save lost people. Because when we do, he does. That's why we pray for God to save lost people. When we pray for God to save lost people, he does. So try praying Psalm 67, verses three through seven. Let Almanen Valley praise you, O God. Isn't that cool? Let the people at my workplace praise you. Let the Reef Berbers in North Africa praise you. Oh God, let my children praise you. If your husband or wife isn't saved, let my husband praise you, Lord. Let my wife love you. Pray, use Psalm 67 to pray. Okay, so verses one and two, we're praying for God's people. Be gracious, bless, bring your presence, cause your face to shine upon them. Verses three through seven, we're praying for lost people. Let them praise you. Save them for the glory of your name. Now, what does this mean for us? It means that your your individual, you, your intercession will be used by God to bring His grace, His blessing, His presence to your family, to your brothers and sisters in your home group, to the church at large. Your intercession will do that. And your intercession will be used by God to bring His saving power upon your neighborhood. And your workplace, and the nation, and the unreached peoples of the world. Now think about it like this. Try to think of an illustration so that you can see just how huge this is. Imagine that you had a job this is a little bit far-fetched, but bear with me. You had a job that paid you a thousand dollars a minute. Okay? All right? Thank you very much. And uh and anytime, like you could you could You know, you could work from like 2 to 2.01 a.m., cha-ching, $1,000 right there. So any time, you know, you could put in a minute, $1,000 would be yours, okay? You put in five minutes, whoa, five cha-chings, okay? So that's the job, $1,000 a minute, all right? Now, if that were true, you wouldn't waste your time, right? It's like, oh, I got got nothing to do right now. I'm just kind of bored. No, it's like, cha-ching, okay? I'll work for a minute. Right? Because every minute like brings a thousand dollars to me. Now, you don't have a job that pays a thousand dollars an hour. But every minute of prayer can bring God's grace, blessing, and presence to your brothers and sisters and your family in the church. And every minute of prayer can bring more of God's saving power to your neighborhood or your workplace or your city or your country or the unreached peoples. Which is infinitely more valuable than a1,000 dollars, right? So don't or when you find yourself saying, "I don't have anything to do," or "I'm bored," we're blind when we say that? Because Cha Ching, right? You could be working not a thousand dollars, but you could be working and bringing God's grace and blessing and presence to his people, bringing God's saving power to the lost. So, I want to encourage you to give yourself to intercession. You and your time, if we could see with spiritual eyes what happens when we pray, how God moves, God pours out, God works, God frees, God touches, God influences, God blesses, God. If we could see, we would pray more. We walk by faith, not by sight. When you pray, in Jesus' name, God works. So give yourself intercession. Mercy Hill Church, give yourself intercession. We will only be able to touch the city with the gospel, to spread home groups through the city with the gospel, if, if we together are giving a chunk of time to prayer, a costly amount of time to prayer. Now, I'd like us to take some time right now and do a little lab Okay? It's going to be a short lab. I just looked at the clock. Okay. But that's okay. Um, because I want to just have you get a taste of actually praying. So you've heard me talk about it. So you've got Psalm 67 right there. And let's like take three or four minutes and do this. And I'd like you just to pray. First verses 1 and 2, and then verses 3 through 7. Let's do that right now. God, I pray that you'd move upon us right now. We want to, just a couple minutes here. I know it's not a long time, but would you give us a taste of intercession right now? Give us a taste, Lord. And so, start off and just pray, may God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Pray that for your family, for your home group, Brothers and sisters, other brothers and sisters you know, the church at large, pray that right now. Be gracious. Specific blessings you're asking for. His face shining, His presence. Ask God for that, for those, His people. Okay, you could certainly keep going on that for a lot longer, but... I just want you to have a taste of three through seven. So pray verses three through seven for neighbors. Mention them by name. Let the smiths be glad and sing for joy in you. Such power in praying the scriptures. Maybe for um, your geographical area, for Willow Glen. Lord, let, let all of Willow Glen praise you. For the city for unreached people groups. Ask God to do that. Let the peoples praise you. Mention names, places, peoples. Go ahead and do that now. Thank you, Lord, for this passage. Thank you for this call to intercession, both for your people and for lost people. And I pray, Lord, that this week we would set aside extra chunks of time to intercede you've called us to do this you love to answer prayer this is lavish mercy not just your answers to prayer but the call to prayer is a lavish mercy that we could have such a significant role and such a pleasing role because it's it's with you it's in connection with you so lord help us to learn more about intercession this week i pray and we pray god Be gracious to us. Bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us that your way may be known in San Jose and your saving power among the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.